0: Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technology with support from USDA Rural Business Cooperative. In this episode, Incat specialists Linda Coffey and Daniel Priel talk with award-winning cheesemaker Veronica Bechi of Bechi Farm LLC in Missouri about the history of the operation and the challenges and opportunities of marketing small ruminant dairy products.
1: So Veronica Bechi from Bechi Farms LLC, thank you so much for being here today. She's come from Bloomsdale, Missouri to co-present with me at the SARE, Our Farms, Our Future conference to talk about marketing small ruminant dairy products. And I'm so pleased that you would take your time. Thank you so much, Veronica.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, so um, we are going to be sampling some of your wonderful cheeses later, and they're beautiful. But I wondered if you could tell our listeners about how you got started, because I think it's a great story. Can you just discuss your farm?
2: Yeah, well, the the simplified version is that um, in 1998, we... Um, we bought a goat and her kid for $45. We lived in a Mennonite community at the time and we were uh, produced all of our own food and we were missing dairy products and and homemade yogurt and cheese and and you know milk for ice cream and whatnot. And we were not able to handle the milk that a cow produced. So we found this, you know, unregistered nondescript cute goat (laughs) named Cookie and her little baby and we were quite happy with it and it was an adventure that I had no idea would take so many turns yeah
1: yeah so you've come a long way
2: yeah it's it's been really it's been really incredible I I mean it, it went from getting that goat and and working with her to um you know of course we wanted to have a few more because we enjoyed it so much and and I started making weekly trips to the library and they had books on hand that they knew I was wanting to read and and then pretty soon I checked on the internet and I found cheese courses and and my husband was self-employed in construction at the time and and we were living in an economically depressed area where a lot of the jobs and the factories ended up going overseas to mm. China and Brazil. So people didn't need their roofs fixed and they didn't need him to put a house addition on. And I started to see, you know, what can we do with the goats? Mm. What, you know, this is, we really enjoy this. And, right. you know, so from 1998 until 2007, really during that time, it was a, as it was a period of learning about animal husbandry, uh, manufacturing cheese in our kitchen. We had a an old refrigerator that we just completely turned into an aging, um, you know, unit, and and all it had in it was cheese. I was mm-hmm. quite proud of that refrigerator, <laughs> honestly. And, and you know, um, it was it was an amazing treasure box full of adventure for me, and um, so. When we turned it into a business, that's really when, I guess in in uh, two thousand and five, we bought a piece of property, and we were looking for um, a, a nice building that we could transition and and add on to that we could put a creamery next to and and that's when things really got kind of kicked up a notch, mm-hmm. so to speak.
1: Mhm. And she's being really modest by the way because kicked up a notch um world f- famous uh, cheese maker has done judging
2: at which yes. world cheese yeah society. Um, I'm that's kind of my highlight of the <laughs> of really the year. It's amazing. It's, it's so fun. Um so the Guild of Fine Foods uh, hosts a yearly event called um the world cheese awards and normally it's held in the uk um but every few years we're fortunate enough that it goes outside the uk and goes into a, another country this year it's it's going to be in, in norway. norway yeah are you and going this yeah year? we actually we um we're we're planning on going this year and and it'll be my sixth year judging and it's and it's an amazing event there's 200 judges from 38 countries 3000 cheeses and we taste them all.
1: I can't imagine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It's staggering. You know, and from every corner of the globe, you know, I mean, we're some of the cheeses are I, I works of art. You know, I've seen right. cheeses from the deepest parts of Africa with interesting tribal paintings on them. I've seen Um, cheeses come out of Australia with these we had a cheese one year that won a super gold that was from Australia that had green ants on it that ate eucalyptus leaves and added a lemon essence to the cheese
1: you tasted that one
2: yeah so you know that's okay that's very exotic you know
1: and I'm fascinated, but we're getting a little off topic because uh, I want to talk about your farm. Yeah. So how many goats are you milking?
2: Yeah, so we have about 60 goats that we're uh-huh. milking. We've got about 100 head on our farm with some of the yearlings and, right. the, and the baby kids. And, and then we buy milk from other farms. So that's taken time to cultivate, you know. Mm-hmm. We started that in like 2010, you know, working with people in our community to try to get them interested to produce goat milk, additional goat milk for us, you Mm -hmm. know, and we've spent years making crazy journeys every week where we drive 11 hour round trips to buy milk from some remote part of Missouri or Illinois, you know, to, uh, because we didn't have people in our area that were milking goats and we needed to do what we could to make our business Mm -hmm. as sustainable as possible, even though that's not very sustainable long term.
1: And very demanding on you physically. Yes. And just, yeah.
2: Very demanding, especially on my husband. I really give him all the credit and glory because he is just a hardworking person and he does so much of that
1: Well, that backbreaking I, work. I know you both are extremely hardworking and between taking care of the goats and making the cheese and doing the marketing, which is what you right. and I are going to talk about in a, in a little bit. I really do not know how you get it done. Can you talk about
2: your workforce? Well, you know, that's another thing. You know, in the beginning, um, you know, having that, you know, the small group of goats and, and not all the demands that owning a business has, you know, the way I envisioned our business, I would be doing all the work myself. Mm-hmm. And you know it would be more of a relaxed lifestyle, but when you start to really implement the rules and regulations of the fda and and the you know your state here in Missouri, we have the Missouri state milk Board, and you know you build a facility that you're going to be manufacturing healthy products in and Mm-hmm. And you take good care of your goats to get the quality milk and so on and so forth. You know, you start to accumulate bills and <laughs> yes. you need to start to figure out now how we're going to come full circle and and to market this product and, and to be able to, to provide for all these needs.
1: Mm-hmm. So you found yourself needing to make larger volumes of cheese.
2: Exactly. And, mm-hmm. it's, and it's really a juggling game. Um, some of the cheeses that we make are cheeses that are, you know, 14 days um, in, in, and they're wrapped and out the door. Some of them are, are three weeks, some are a month. Uh, and we do a limited amount of cheese that we age for up to a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, you really have to match your production with your sales. And in this business, you do not get contracts. Nobody's going to come and give you a piece of paper and say, well, I promise you I'm going to buy so much of your cheese every month. You know, if you get that, that's pretty golden, uh-huh. you know, and uh, it's very rare. So so you're always trying to look at the calendar, trying to gauge uh, by holidays and upcoming events and that kind of thing. Uh, first quarter is always really slow and and, you know, right before Christmas is always really busy, and, and you have to learn all that uh, because you don't want to make excessive product that you're going to have to throw away.
1: Right, right. So that's the steep learning curve. What are your channels for marketing your cheese?
2: So we sell through distributors um, who, again, resell our cheese to wholesalers. Uh, we also sell to direct to wholesalers, uh, shipping FedEx and doing direct delivery to those that are you know within Missouri. And then we sell to retailers. So like I'm sorry, we sell direct to the customers. So we retail our cheese at local farmer's markets. So we're in every avenue that we can be to market our product. And one of the best things, and I really highly recommend for people that are just starting, is, of course, the farmer's markets you know, you're going to have to go through a lot to do the farmer's markets. It's a lot of work loading up and unloading, setting up your table, trying to have somebody help. If mm-hmm. you got a family wedding, for instance, I can remember, uh, having to miss that because guess what? I had to do the farmer's market. Right. I had to pay an electric bill a lot and of I'm sacrifice. sorry I couldn't make it, you know, but, right. um, now we, we've, been in business 11 years. So we have a really good team that we've established that helps us with some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one of the things that I want to mention about doing the farmer's markets is, uh, you're going to have to really work with your, um, health department in the farmer's market area because every farmer's market is in a different municipality and every municipality is governed by a different health department regulator. And they have different opinions about what the interpretation of the rule is That's so, so hard yeah it's hard and it's good though just to be right up front connect with them straight off mm-hmm. and whatever they ask you just do it don't argue with them mm-hmm. you know just just do what they what they ask because you know so you have to take this extra equipment and set up a hand washing station while you're giving these free samples well you just do it you know, um, and there's some health department regulators that won't allow free sampling at all. There's some that want you to pay a fee to be able to give away free samples. That was one of the difficult ones. Uh, here in St. Louis, we went through a period of time where we had to pay, I don't remember if it was $50 every two weeks to buy that license to give away free cheese samples. Oh, no. And that was really. That hurts. An interesting (laughs) rule. But, um, you know, you have to work through some of that kind of thing. And you have to establish what's going to work the best for you and and in order to be within the framework of the law.
1: Thank Yeah, thanks for for putting that in there. Because I know the health inspectors and the regulations are a, a real hurdle for some. And you've just given a good strategy for be right up front, check them out right away. Don't try to dodge or... Hide or, or yeah. do anything like that. So, do you feel like the farmers market really helped get your name out there? Helped yeah. you know what customers are wanting? Exactly. Was that the value? Yeah, really. And,
2: and also, you can do trial batches, test batches of different uh, cheeses in, in our case, or whatever you're working with, to see how it's received. Uh-huh. You know, is this uh, something that people are going to be interested in, or is this something, you know, that's not going to work? And, right. and without a lot of investment, you know, you, you can try it in a small trial area.
1: Mm-hmm. That is, that's really cool. Have you got any advice for people who are thinking of entering this business?
2: Well, um, I guess what I would say is that it's all-consuming. <laughs> it will change your life um and if you're involved in a relationship you really need to make sure that your partner is is 100% on board because um it's it it's going to be so all consuming that it will get involved in mm-hmm. in 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 your life on a personal level and and that could be either good or bad depending on your situation
1: yeah that's that's excellent advice yes and people who ignore that advice sometimes wind up divorced or, yeah you know the farm yeah. has to go away for for that
2: reason so or yeah. or they think their children are going to help, and the children are not interested you know yes. that's another that's another aspect you know where they they start to really have a bad taste in their mouth about mom or dad's you know affection with this this farm thing you know they come home from school and they're expected to do things that they'd rather not do they 'd rather be in sports or something so It's, it's important to have everybody on the same page when you're doing this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How do you balance this all consuming work with other parts of your life? Has that been a challenge?
2: You know, it's been a challenge, but I'm so fortunate now to have such a good team, um, that it's really helped to bring that balance back in my life. Um, and we, we, we have an excellent cheesemaker it's taken 3 years for us to have an excellent cheesemaker um i i no longer have to make you know every batch this you know this this year and i'm very fortunate for that and um and and then we also formed a um a kind of a network with a dairy school over in France because we really don't have schools in the United States that teach dairy science on the same level that we're doing dairy science, you know, we're making French style goat cheese. Sarah, so I don't really see colleges in the United States outside of VIAC, which has which ceases to exist now. That was the Vermont Institute of Artisan Cheese that went out of the University of Burlington. That doesn't exist anymore. And that's where I went to get my advanced cheese making license, but, uh, or sorry, certificate. But outside of that, I really didn't have anywhere to go, and so um, I ended up forming a like a um, networking relationship with a, a dairy school over in France called Enliv, which is in sur Surferon, down uh, about thirty minutes outside of Geneva. And so I've had some fantastic students that have come and and just shared their knowledge and support with what we're doing, and that's just been amazing.
1: And great opportunity for them also. Yeah. So that's that's great. I, I'm, li- I'm liking how you're working on the labor situation and keeping yourself from burnout. Yeah, it's, it sounds really fun. Well, you've been over the world with your with your cheese making adventures.
0: Be sure to check out the next episode when Veronica will talk about the balance between production and sales. You can find other episodes of Atra. Voices from the Field, along with ATRA's other sustainable agriculture resources at www.atra.ncat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org.